Amen. Wonderful job. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. So, <clears throat> I would like to introduce to you a, uh, a man that uh, means a lot to me. Uh, over the uh, last year and a half or so that he has been our district superintendent, I have learned quite a bit from him. Uh, I have made phone calls to him and gotten wonderful advice, and he has driven here and given me wonderful advice and taken me to nice restaurants, and uh, you know, it's nice to have him, but uh, I would like to welcome our DS, uh, you know, uh, Reverend Sam Flores. Well, greetings. I hope that everyone is having a wonderful Christmas season. I hope that everyone has been enjoying um, just this time of coming together and celebrating uh, the gift of God, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm excited, uh, not just because of your pastor wearing that really interesting suit, but uh, I'm excited for what God is doing here amongst uh, the people at Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene. I greet you once again in the wonderful name of Jesus and on behalf of 70 congregations that represent uh, the body of Christ in the Church of the Nazarene here in South Carolina, uh, those churches that I uh, desire to, to serve and facilitate uh, as much as we can uh, the the outpouring of God's blessings, uh, you have been part of that. And uh, I just want to let you know, we have been praying for you. Uh, the pastor mentioned that I've been here, and I remember that that first Wednesday after um, after what happened here, uh, and and the, the, the building had flooded, and I, I was able to come in and, and look, and that Wednesday evening, uh, I came over and and my heart was full of sadness as I saw uh, a group of people outside uh, meeting as, uh, as they were uh, still wanting to come together. And I just want to let you know that the Lord has been faithful, that God is truly good. And uh, I don't know if you, um, if you realize, but in, I'm not going to preach right now, um, or at least in this passage. It is in this book, my, uh, my passage, but uh, my sermon passage, but in John chapter 10, verse 22, it's really interesting. I just want to read this. It says, then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple area walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plain." plainly. Jesus answered, I tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. 
I don't know if you have ever paid attention to that particular passage, but if you have, you notice that it says then came the Feast of Dedication. It's really interesting that, uh, that Jesus was walking into a Feast of Dedication. A dedication, uh, this feast is never mentioned in the Old Testament because it wasn't in the Old Testament. This feast was, was uh, only mentioned in the New Testament because it was the dedication or rededication of the temple. And Jesus was walking in. We know this, and the Jewish celebrated. Did you notice that it was winter? This is what is known as Hanukkah. This feast right now is Hanukkah. Did you know that Hanukkah is tomorrow? That you are entering into a place that was dedicated at one time, and I don't know how many of y'all were here when it first was dedicated, but it was dedicated at one time for the honor and glory of God to be able to worship and to be able to, to hoop and holler as the pastor says we should when we are praising the one who came to save us. And so today I'm just going to take a little bit of time to once again remind you that Jesus is walking into this place today. As we are walking in once again, I'm not here to do an official dedication of a, of a sanctuary. It's already been dedicated. But I am here to proclaim that this place is still a place where God encounters people. And Jesus Christ is still redeeming and saving and healing, and doing great miracles, and calling out people. And he says, those that know him will follow him, because sheep follow the shepherd. And that no one and nothing can separate us. Nothing can take us away from the mighty and powerful hand of God. So today, boy, this, this is just warming up. Uh, today, I just want to let you know that as you come here, you come as children of God, and you come blessed because of his protection, because of his blessing. Today, I want to just open up with a, with a prayer, maybe similar to what Jesus would have been doing on that feast of dedication, on that Hanukkah day, on that day of winter on that day of walking into the temple once again and saying, thank you, God. Not because of a temple. Did you notice what Jesus focused on? He focused on the people. He said the sheep. He said those that are followers, those that are believers. Today, if this building was never, ever able to be used again, would we still be willing to follow Jesus? That's the big question. I pray that we will. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, recognizing that you're at work in many miraculous ways. And today, Lord, as we reenter this sanctuary, as we come once again into these courts and in through these gates. It is with true thanksgiving in our hearts for you have been a God who has protected
who has blessed. Yes, Lord, I know that you have used many of these men and women here, not only now but in the past, to be able to build a sanctuary, to, to, to be able to furnish this, this building, to be able to minister. But Lord, today we once again ask that your mighty hand of protection, your mighty hand of blessing be upon this church and this congregation. Yes, we do pray for this building. We pray once again a commitment that it may use to bring honor and glory to you, that it may be used to bring praises to the Son, to your Son, Jesus Christ. May it be used to only proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. May it be used so that people will come and discover that there is a spiritual hospital, there is healing that happens here, that when those that are broken, those that are in darkness, those that are enslaved, Lord, that they may be able to find healing and peace and freedom. Lord, today, we once again ask that you will place your hand upon this building, but also upon your people. May you bless them as we once again enter into this feast of dedication. We pray these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. So today I invite you to open your Bibles to John chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. I've been thinking and pondering upon this little passage. You know, the, the Gospel of John presents the whole, uh, the whole story of Christmas very differently. You, you do remember that part where it says in the beginning was a word and the word was with God and the word was God. And, and eventually it says that, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And all of a sudden, uh, if you're understanding all of that, you're, you're realizing that, that John is sharing the story of the birth of Jesus Christ in a whole different way. But then he gets to, to verse 9 and 10, and that's what I want to focus today. Verse 9 and 10 says this, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. You see, in today's uh, society, the world might celebrate Christmas. Oh boy, did you notice that Christmas is starting to be celebrated even earlier and earlier. I mean, did you know, it used to be a long time ago, I remember that, that when December hit around, it was like, oh, okay, it's now time to get start getting ready for Christmas. Like December was right there, and, you know, unfortunately for me, uh, it was right on that first week of December, that's when my birthday is. So everybody, instead of having, oh, we'll just wait for, you know, for Christmas to give you your your, your, your presence, right? So, so birthdays weren't a big deal for me. As a matter of fact, I still think I'm 25 years old. So, you know, um, <laughs> hey, nobody cared about my birthday. Why should I care about it now? <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was one of those things where, where that, that first week of December, it's when I, I remember that's when it was time to start thinking about decorating and Christmas. And, and then it became like right after Thanksgiving, right? It, that, that's kind of stuck with us. Like our family, we, we start looking for, you know, my wife says, okay, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. The day after Thanksgiving, we're going to have to go buy a Christmas tree. You got to go up to the attic. You got to get stuff out of the, you know, the closet. You got to get stuff in the, uh, you know, in the garage. By the way, you know, <clears throat> my, um, 
My wife loves to decorate Christmas. I mean, she just loves to decorate during Christmas. We have one, two, three, four, five, possibly six, six Christmas trees. Uh, that's right. That's what I'm talking about, you know, and we got six Christmas trees. We have, I don't know how many snowmen. Um, we, uh, you can just imagine, you know, I remember um, my, my daughters were kind of saying, Dad, the Christmas tree today that you bought, you know, on the day after Thanksgiving, it's so small. And I said, I said, we only have 12-foot ceilings here. You know, I can't get, they were used to, if you haven't noticed, I came from, I come from Texas, you know, and uh, in Texas we had a big ceilings, you know, everything's bigger in Texas. And so, uh, and, and so we had, I had 24 foot ceilings. So I had a, guess what? Yeah. 24 foot Christmas tree. That's right. And so, and so my kids were like, dad, you know, this Christmas is not very big. It's like, I can't put it anywhere else. I remember my wife one time convinced me that we had to buy this other Christmas tree. And I said, I said, honey, this Christmas tree is over 24 feet. You, it's not going to fit. And she goes, no, but it's perfect. and It's the best one. And, you know, it's one of those situations where, by the way, I am way outnumbered in my home. I have four daughters. That makes five, uh, you know, women against me. And so they were all, Daddy, yes, we got, you know, we got to get that Christmas tree. I remember taking that Christmas tree inside. And um, have you ever dragged a 24-plus Christmas tree anywhere? Let me tell you, it's, it's incredible. Anyway, uh, so I remember having to drag this thing inside, and then I, I was going to try to put it up and stand it up. I put it on its stand. It has special stands. I was going to try to put it up, and, of course, it hits the ceiling, and there's no way. I end up having to cut about three feet off that Christmas tree, and we have a three-foot small Christmas tree so that we can fit the 24-foot <laughs> It was a 27-foot Christmas tree. I'll tell you, you know, there's a, Christmas just, you know, makes people just do all kinds of crazy stuff, like go off decorating. But did you notice it this year? Immediately after, yes, Halloween. Did you notice that everything from Christmas came up? I mean, it was kind of crazy. And I started thinking about this, how the world wants to celebrate Christmas. The world wants to go and start putting Christmas decorations and Christmas trees. And maybe they're not as crazy as my wife and my family, you know, buying huge Christmas trees or, or putting all six Christmas trees and, and decorating all through the place. But but. But I'll, I want to tell you that everybody wants to celebrate it, uh, you know. It's all really about money, right? <laughs> I mean, if you haven't figured it out, it's really about marketing. I used to work for a grocery company in Texas uh, a while back, and, um, and I, I was a, a, a district manager. who eventually became a district manager, and it was all about we knew the marketing strategies. We knew exactly what was trending. We knew exactly what we needed to buy. We knew exactly what we needed to put out out there for that Black Friday, which by now means nothing because of the Internet. So now we know that you can stop shopping in the Internet, right? I mean, how many of you all have done that already, right? 
I think we, you know, I don't know if you haven't tried it, but it's it's pretty awesome. It's almost like getting gifts every day because some UPS guy or, or uh, you know, Postal Service or FedEx is coming over and dropping off. I ordered five things from Sam's, and they all came one at a time. It was kind of interesting. But anyways, I don't know how that all works, but it is about money. You know, people want to want to celebrate Christmas because they are making money, because people are making money. And, and, and hopefully, you know, if you have a business and, and, and you are, a, you know, a, a, and God blesses you with something like that or you work for a company and, and God blesses you with a job, hopefully that you're also benefiting out of this. So it's not, it's not necessarily that it's a bad thing. I mean, uh, we, we just kind of prayed over all of the things that were here. And let me tell you, it takes money to be able to build a building and to furnish a church and to keep the lights on. Um, so, so it's not necessarily all bad things, but we know that Scripture says the love of money is the root of all evil, right? But, but we know that there's some who are out there. Christmas is about money. Christmas is about decorations. Christmas is about money. Christmas is also about family. I hope that it's about family. I'll tell you last, this is our very first Christmas here in South Carolina. And, um, and I'll tell you, my wife is, is struggling. So please pray because, um, we have our two oldest daughters in Texas. Uh, all of, uh, all of our grandkids except one are in Texas and so family is important. I don't know if you're waiting to receive family and to get family or you're going to go and visit family or you're going to go somewhere for Christmas. Uh, but hopefully, you know, a lot of people, Christmas means, hey, it's, it's time to get together. For others, like I think the pastor said, Christmas is about relaxation and football, right? There's a lot of college football going on. You know, uh, I'm, if, you, if, if you don't know, but... I am a Longhorn fan, Texas Longhorn, graduated from the University of Texas, uh, a pre-law degree, and so, um, so I, I'm going to be watching a football game. Uh, uh, New Year's Eve, the Longhorns are playing the Alamo Bowl, and, uh, and so I, I'm going to be, uh, that's my team, I'm going to be watching that. I'm going to relax, everybody knows, leave that alone, that is going to be his dad time, and, uh, and it's about relaxation, it's about hopefully you get a day off. Hopefully you'll, you've planned out some, some time for you to relax and to enjoy. For others, it's about food. And, you know, Christmas has a whole bunch of meanings. And Christmas is celebrated in so many different ways. And Christmas is, is uh, you know, for the kids, Christmas is about presents. Kids, right? Right, kids? Even older kids. It's about presents. So, uh, so we know that you would better watch out. We better not cry, we better not pout, we better not misbehave and have a bad attitude because, uh, well, not only is Santa Claus, but uh, God is watching us, right? And so, and so, uh, so Christmas is about presents as well. Um, so there's a lot of things about Christmas. But is it really about Christ? I'm going to tell you that right here, what John is telling us in this Christmas story in John chapter 1. He says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. But the world did not recognize him is how he ends that, ver that, that verse 10. I want to tell you that it's so easy to get involved 
and a religious holiday for so many different reasons, but not truly recognize its significance. And the world has gotten to that place. And it's going to take those that are willing to listen to the voice of Jesus and be good sheep and listen to that shepherd to continue to carry the true spirit of Christmas. Isn't it incredible that everybody says Merry Christmas and yet some of them don't even believe it? Because in the word Christmas is Christ. And that's what it's all about. So I looked at this particular passage and I said, okay, two questions here that I present to you that I, I think I need to answer. The first thing that I, that I discover is that there is, that Jesus, or, or that the, the, the John writes, the true light, which is Jesus, the true light that gives light to everyone. I thought about this and I said, if, if John is saying there's true light, then there has to be false light. Now, I want you to understand that, that all of my talking about what we celebrate in Christmas, I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm not saying that money was bad. If that's why, you know, if you like Christmas because you have a business and you make money, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying take advantage of that. Bless others with all that you can earn. Bless the church. Give your tithe. Be faithful in that area, and God will continue to bless you. I'm okay with that. If it's about family, I'm okay with that. If it's about decorations, well, I have great stories about it, and, and you know, and I had to climb up on the very top of my roof to this year to put lights, and I had to do all kinds of things. But, you know, I made my wife happy, and so that was worth it for me. If that's what it takes for, for her to, to be happy, you know, all, really, we have about, well, I'd say about close to 50 crates, you know, those tubs of Christmas decorations. If that's, what, if that's what's going to make her happy, I'm willing to do that because I love her. That's, that's what Christmas is about, right? We talked about, uh, about uh, hope and, and, and joy and love and peace and so if those are the things that, are, that, are, that Christmas is about, then I'm okay to do that. It might be about family. It might be about so many different things. I'm not saying those things are necessarily bad. But what we have to understand is that there is something that is true and something that is false. John here says the true light. There are many people that are looking at the false lights. There are many people that are looking at the secondary lights. There are many people that are looking not at the true light. The true light is Jesus Christ. So how do we decipher the truth from the false? Well, the good thing is that he immediately explains this to us. You see, the truth is non, it, it doesn't discriminate. It's non-discriminatory. The true light is for everyone. Here it says that this light came into the world. You know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him 
shall not perish. It's for everyone. It's, and, and, and when I'm talking about non-discriminatory, I'm not just talking about race or nationality. I'm talking about conditions. You see, because I think that a lot of times, yeah, we can, we can, we can put this word discrimination in the, in the context of race or even social status. You know, the, the rich people discriminate against the poor people and the middle class gets stuck in the middle and uh, that's why they're called middle class. You know, and all kinds of different things. But I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about, uh, about the condition of people. There are some people that are brokenhearted because life has been tough. Because Illness does come because death does occur even in this season of Christmas because there is lonely people because there are there are people that are struggling in marriage and struggling raising children and there are people that are struggling financially and there are people that are struggling with with faith there are people that are struggling fitting in into into even the church and the community I want to tell you that what Jesus is saying here is that the true light is for everyone in the world. That there is no exclusion. That even though there might be some that, that might even teach and preach that there's only 166,000 that have been selected. Or that there is only some that have been predestined to go to God. I believe and God's word says that it's for all. For all who believe. That whoever believes, that's what scripture's telling me. And therefore, I want to tell you that salvation is for everyone. And so we have to come to this place of recognizing this fact. The true light is for everyone. And the second thing is that this true light is still coming into the world. It is constant and never diminishes. Are you starting to understand that it is not temporary? You see, the world has made Christmas temporary. Because you see, by New Year's, there's going to be something else that the marketing team is already dreaming up about. By New Year's, you're already thinking about the next thing that's coming, uh, that's coming in your life. And usually it, it relates to going on a diet. The next, the next thing that, that the world is telling you is uh, what is your goals and your future for this next coming year? The next thing is, how am I going to pay for all those gifts that I end up buying on credit? The next thing is, I really got to continue to work because I got to do something. The next thing is graduations. The next thing is the next doctor's appointment. The next thing is, because you know we all the doctors go on vacation, right, on, uh, on Christmas. The next thing is all of these things that are coming up. And you see, what the world does not understand is that Christmas, the true light, Jesus Christ, is not a season. We might call this the Christmas season. Some might even call it the holiday season. But the reality is that the true light is constant and forever. That's how it's described here in Scripture. It says true light is coming into this world. I want for us to recognize that it is for everyone. 
and was coming into this world. That's the true light. If it doesn't meet those qualifications, then I'm going to tell you you're only focusing on secondary things. And secondary things are not always bad. I've already said that. But even in the church, sometimes we focus on secondary things instead of on the true light. And I want to tell you that that is what the world wants us to do. That is what the enemy wants us to do. Because if we don't continue with the spirit of Christ, not just of Christmas, but the spirit of Christ every day, we lose our way. The true light. If there's something that is secondary, it could be good. But don't make that your priority. Make the true light your priority. What is a true light? Salvation for everyone and the constant presence of God in your lives. That's the true light. So that's the first question, right? If John said the true light. So my second question was, so why is it that people can't recognize them? I mean, why is it that if we can get it, if we recognize that Jesus is the reason for the season, as most people say it, right? If Jesus is the one, if, if Christmas would not happen if it wasn't for Christ, if not, it would just be, we would be celebrating Mass, M-A-S, and take out the Christ, right? In other words, we would just be religious people and not be really following Christ, why don't people recognize that? And so, and so I, I started thinking, I said, that, well, there's two things that, that are critical for people to recognize him. In order for us to recognize Christ, these essential truths need to be embedded in our hearts and in our minds. The first one. He was in the world, is what it says here in this passage. That means that Jesus, yes, his incredible birth, his incredible version birth, the whole Christmas story is real. Yes, his life. All of the things and all of the places that scripture says where he walked and who he talked to and what he did. That, yes, that includes all of the miracles. The miracles of feeding 5,000 a couple of times. Of, of, of healing the blind. Of calling the lame to walk and taking out demons. The miracles of healing and the miracles of resurrection. All of those miracles are real. Those things did happen. All of his teachings, the kingdom of God is near. The least will be rewarded. First will be last and the last will be first. It is better to give than to receive. All of his teachings, what we call the golden rule, all of the things that we have taken, his death, his resurrection, all of those things are real. It says he was in the world. That means he was here. Flesh and blood and bones and suffered amongst us. 
And scripture says that he did not hold on to the divine, but pouring himself, giving himself, and making himself flesh to the point of even suffering to the death and death of a cross, that he was willing to associate with us, to understand us, to recognize our struggles and our situations. And then it says that the world was made through him. So here's what it is. Not only was he human, but he is also the son of God. He's also part of the true and God. Therefore, he is God. I want for us to recognize that in this particular passage, it says here that he was in the world. He was man. And though the world was made through him, he was also God. The world did not recognize him. You see, for the world, it's very hard to understand. Back then, and I think even now, that someone who is a man could also be God. If you really think about it, you know, when you think of, of, of mythology and Greek mythology, you think of all of these, these gods that were, that were out there, these demigods, and, 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 and all of these beings that were, that were untouchable, that had power, that had abilities, that had all kinds of things that they could do, and men were just down here and, and powerless, and, and they just kind of worked and, and did things, and, and, and somebody else had authority and, and dominion and power. And so that whole mentality continues to be in us, and you know how I know, because I'll tell you that there are still powers and dominions that are trying to put you down. You see, the devil is still real. I want for us to recognize that sometimes it's so hard for us to say that that God could be in a man because we can relate to men. We can relate to my weakness. We can relate to my frailty. Uh, we can relate to to my pain and my hurt and my loneliness and my sadness. We can relate to those moments when we express things that we shouldn't like anger and jealousy. We can relate to, to the bad attitudes that sometimes come out. Maybe not the bad words, but we thought about them. We can relate to the things of man. And we say, how then can I be? like Christ, even though that's what he's asking us to do. The reality is that in this passage, it is so clear that he is calling us to live a life that is plugged to Jesus Christ. Let me finish up by explaining this. I told you I have like close to 50 crates of Christmas stuff. So there's one particular crate that I opened up. You know, we just moved, so now we're kind of sorting out stuff. And, and we just moved, and, and I opened up a crate. And, and my daughter says, hey, Dad, what, what are you holding all those old extension cords and, and lights? Oh, I was like, oh, oh, oh. 
Well, you know, there's, there's these Christmas lights that I used to put when we used to live, you know, in Houston, but then we lived in San Antonio. But they're, they're old Christmas lights that your mom doesn't like. But what I do is I, I take out the light bulbs out of those and put them into the newer ones. And, uh, and so I make them work. When those newer ones burn out, I take out of there and make them and put them over there. And, and eventually, like, once you start taking so many of them, you don't realize that it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't turn on. Even though you might still have 10 or 20 or half of them, it's not going to turn on. And so, and so my daughter said, okay, well, you have a whole crate of them. Do you need that many? It's like, I don't know. And then later on, you know, she's taking out more stuff. And she says, Dad, you got another crate just like that other one. And I start looking at these crates. And I was like, well, I might have thought that I only had one, but maybe I have two. So I have two crates of extension cords and light strings that, that, that with this Christmas lights, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe 10, 12, 15 cords with lights that ha- are half used. I started plugging some in, and they just wouldn't turn on. And I plugged some other ones in, and some of them turned on. But they, none of them were complete. Some of them were missing bulbs. Some of them, you know, I think I might have ran over one of them with a, with a, with a lawnmower because it was one of those yard ones because it was kind of cut off. When I plugged it in, all sparks flew all over the place, you know. <laughs> I was like, I think we could throw that one away, right? Um, but I started looking at all these things, and I said, I said, isn't it sad as I was thinking and, 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 and pondering upon this particular passage that Jesus Christ, the true light of the world, has come so that he can dwell amongst us, not only amongst us, but he can dwell in us. Because he's saying here that his truth is for us to be constantly every day, not just for a season. His truth is for us to be able to share with others that his light will shine through us every single day, not just during Christmas when we tell somebody Merry Christmas, but that when we go back to that grocery store, when we go back to that gas station, when we go back to wherever we go and tell somebody Merry Christmas, that now in the the new year, we're going to start keep telling them Merry Christmas, even though it's not Christmas anymore. And it might be shared in a different way. Maybe God bless you, or maybe Christ is with you, or maybe, you know, I'm going to be praying for you, or let me tell you what God told me this morning when I read scripture. Something like that, you see. But somewhere down the road, we thought that we would be able to hold on to some spare cords. You see, because we're not perfect, right? We're not perfect. And so we start failing a little bit. But we still work, you know, because some of those cords, I remember one of those cords, like half of them, have you ever had one of those? Where where every other one turns on and the other one doesn't. So it's like, it's, God, it's like a good cord, but I can't find the one that's going to make all the other ones turn on. So like my wife says, hey, you know that, that, that tree needs a little bit more light. It's like I got the perfect cord for that one, right? And even though it's every other one is burned out, I know some of y'all are saying I've used that cord too, right? And so you turn it on, but it's not fully bright. It's not fully working. And so what's happening is that we are, we, are, we are lowering the standard that Christ has given us. But we say, but it's still working. We're still shining. 
But did you notice that we're only working at 50% of what the capacity would have been? And the worst thing about it is sometimes we keep saying, well, we'll just put it in the crate, and eventually I'll get to that. That's how I ended up with two crates with broken lights. I'll eventually get to that. You see, the world is telling us, keep moving, keep doing stuff. There's a new year coming. There's more stuff happening. And he's saying, forget about Christmas. Forget about the story. Forget that he really came to this world to shine a light, but not only a light, but to, that light is for you, to, for it to dwell in you so that you can carry the light every single day of the year. He's saying, but don't worry if it's not working after New Year's because you've got to focus on your diet. Don't worry about that. happening is that the church and I'm not talking about this church but the church in general because statistics keep showing that there is less and less people really committed to God's body to his church living that life it's because we started to hold on to these spiritual extension cords that have burned out lights and say, we'll fix it next year. I'll worry about it next Christmas season. I'll worry about it when I have to. And the reality is that there is hate, remorse, guilt, unforgiveness, Sadness, depression, loneliness that continues to build up. And by putting it in a crate, closing it up and saying, next Christmas season, I'll worry about it. We end up diminishing the true light of God for this world. Because we're the extension courts. And churches will continue to close. That's one of my jobs. Churches will continue to close. Because we keep doing that with our spiritual life. We keep doing that with our commitment to Christ. We keep doing that by saying, well, you know, I don't know if Really, you know, do we have to give tithes? Do we have to give offerings? Do we have to pray every day? Do we have to read the Bible? Do we have to do this devotional thing? You know, I link up my diet in the new year with fasting. Do we have to do? Do we have to obey? And every single time that we say, do we, and we don't, is another light bulb that keeps burning out until eventually that cord is useless. And it becomes so confusing because I don't know which ones are burned out and which ones are not. And so they all look the same. 
And so I don't want to discard them because I've had these cords for so long. I've had these cords. I remember the first time I bought them, and it was so wonderful, and my kids helped me put them up, and they were so special, and, and, and originally we really liked them. But, but now they just keep being put in that crate and in that attic, and, and you know, they don't work, and I don't even, I don't even plug them in anymore. And unfortunately, there's a lot of churches that have come to that place where they're not even being plugged in anymore. They're going through the whole motions of church. Oh, we read, we pray, we hear a message, we come. But remember that the light was not meant for here. The light was meant for out there. And so we don't plug in. And I'll tell you something. If you never plug a cord into the power source, it's never going to work. Even the ones that are truly not burned out. I think sometimes we need to stay plugged in. Actually, I think all the time we need to stay plugged in. Today as a church, I want to remind you that uh, John brought a whole different kind of Christmas story. It's not as cute with sheep and angels and stars and kings. But John's version of the Christmas story is a whole different version that brings us to the true message of Christmas. I don't know how the pastor was planning to finish this up, and I know I've taken probably a little bit longer, but I don't know if you feel a little bit like a burnt out light. I don't know if your light is just not shining as good. I don't know if, if, if today, maybe the world, maybe the weather, maybe the many years of your service, you know, you're kind of getting burned out. You're kind of getting tired. You're kind of you're lost in that, in that cord where half of it is working and half of it is not. And you're kind of even considering, man, I don't even know. Sure, we got this whole church building back again, but, but I don't even know if I should even be coming I want to tell you, today's the day to recharge. Today's the day to come back and to say, Lord, allow me to experience the power of your Holy Spirit, the recharging power of God. Our worship, gentlemen, <laughs> needs to come and play. I just want to pray. And then I'll pass it back to the pastor. But I believe that sometimes we need to get recharged. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, thanking you for these moments that we can gather. And knowing that uh, there are times when, uh, when we have probably not been shining very bright. There are times when we have allowed the the world to, to take us away from what is true, the true light. 
It's not bad lights, but it's not the true light. And sometimes our, 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 our passions and our, and our desires and our focus and our investment goes into other things instead of the true light. Lord, can we get refocused and discover what the true light is? Can we come once again closer to the source, the power of your Holy Spirit that will allow us to recharge and, and be powered up? Will you allow us once again to experience a full-blown recharge of your Holy Spirit upon our lives where if someone here is feeling alone, yes, even in this Christmas season, where someone here is feeling the pressure, whether it's financial, whether it's what we're going to buy for the kids, whether it's I can't afford this, whether it's uh, families coming, whatever it might be, Lord, will they be able to come to a place and discover right now that you're here for them, that you love them, that you will never leave them or forsake them, that your promise when you said that you would come into this world, it wasn't just coming and then going. It's not like uh, it's not like Christmas season. It's like you are staying and you are, have staying power and you have power to once again allow us to experience all that you desire for us to be able to do. And it's not about things and it's not a, just about events and it's not just about programming. It's not even just about a worship service. It's about a true spiritual life that has been transformed. It's about something that is miraculous happening in our lives where our sins have been forgiven and our life has been sanctified by the power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to move forward with conviction, with knowledge, with understanding, and with you, God, being guided by you. Lord, I know that the future might seem bleak for some. I know that there are challenges. I know that there are illnesses. I know that there are circumstances and families, situations. I know that it's challenging in marriages and in raising children. But today, Lord, I just pray that your blessings will be upon your people and that these truths that have come out of this word, Lord, today will be alive for them, that they will recognize that you have worked in miraculous ways to bring them to this place and that you will not forget forsake them and leave them, but that you will be faithful until you see them unto completion. Everything that you have promised for them, everything that you have promised for the people here of Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene, Lord, may you just pour it upon them. May you open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings for those who need it. Pour out healing for those who need it. Pour out faith upon those who need it. Pour out love and hope and peace and joy, Lord, today. May we truly celebrate Christ and not just Christmas. And may it be not just for a season, but forever. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As Robbie and them plays, I'm going to ask for everyone to stand. morning he uh, put out there and he said, you know, if you need to be recharged, you know, this morning's the time. I think that's really kind of straightforward. There's no questions about it. If you were in a port or a point in your life that you have struggled or, you know, there's sadness that's in your life and you need to, you know, to be plugged in to have those lights to be recharged or to be recharged by the Holy Spirit. This morning is that opportunity for you. 
Uh, you know, as we celebrate the light of the world, uh, you know, what better time to be plugged back into the light or to be recharged by the light? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you need to come to the altar to get a recharge, to, uh, you know, plug back into the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, now is the time for that to be. See those that have moved out of their seats already coming down. Is there more? some that are most probably in their seats that can't make it forward but you still feel that you need to be plugged in and you need to be recharged if, if you would do that by the lifting of your hands I see that hand I see that hand yes, I see those all over yes I see that hand I see that hand so that would mean that if you're not at the front at the altar or you didn't raise your hand, that every light bulb in your life is shining bright for Jesus Christ and you're going to leave this place to change the world. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this. God, I thank you for the ones that have came to the altar, dear Lord, this morning that, I, that says that you know I need to plug in and I need a recharge from the Holy Spirit uh, you know, in my life. I, I need to... I, you know, I need the coals of this fire to be reignited or to have some more wood to be added. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for that. And, uh, you know, God, I know that you are already at work doing that. And, God, for the ones that weren't able to make it down, that raised their hands, uh, you know, dear Lord, in the congregation, I pray that you would go and be with them right now. God, you know the situation that's in their life. God, you were the one that they call out to. Uh, you know, to this morning. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for the day that we celebrate today, the celebration of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now being born, the light coming into the world, the light that shined in the darkness, but no one knew it. But God, it's a light that can never be extinguished. God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.